Good morning. So excited to be here and to talk about possibly my favorite movie of all time. I, I know you're going to say, come on, but you need to watch it. It's a phenomenal movie. And of course, the student minister is going to talk about the kids' movie. Um, but this movie is different. This movie is different. It had, uh, I think, of 2022, it had the second best opening week of all the movies that were released that year, second to, to Avatar 2. Um, and I think it was a little bit of a sleeper. We hadn't seen anything from the Shrek-verse in over a decade. And so um, people weren't, it kind of wasn't on their radar. Uh, anyway, I really like it. And I sat around the table with my kids and told them I was going to be talking about this movie so we could come up with some list of ideas. And they came up with an entire list of ideas, things like don't judge a book by its cover, the importance of family, not taking advantage of others, the importance of having a conscience and what that means, being a person others can trust, on and on and on the list went. But I'm not going to talk about any of those things. Today, I want to talk about we're going to explore Puss, or should we call him Senior Boots, and his perspective on life and death. And hopefully by the end of this sermon, I want you guys to learn, is my clicker working? Let's see. Never be content with this life until this life becomes eternal life. Never be content with this life until this life becomes eternal life. We're going to watch the first clip. The movie starts, and this is how we're introduced to our favorite fearless hero.
So you guys can see, um, Puss in Boots has one person on his mind, and that's himself. Um, if I may teach you some Latin, he's living out carpe diem, seize the day, encourages individuals to make the most of the present moment, enjoy life's pleasures, pursue immediate gratification. Carpe diem, the philosophy suggests embracing spontaneity, indulging in experiences and focusing on the present enjoyments rather than dwelling on the future or contemplating mortality. Puss is concerned with stardom, with fame, with renown. No matter where he goes, he doesn't always remember, or who he's talking to, he rarely cares. The topic of conversation is always Puss in Boots. In fact, he often talks about himself in the third person. How easy it is to get caught up in seeking recognition. In fact, I think we could go as far as to say it's kind of become part of the American dream to become a self-made man or woman. It's all about who you know, networking is important. No, um, being not content in your job, well that's fine, just quit and use the opportunity to, to maybe get a raise or better hours. Not content in your spouse, divorce, you're bound to someone, find someone who makes you happy. Not content in your community, well then just leave. Maybe they'll appreciate you when you're gone. It's all about me, 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 mine, 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 consumed with ourself. John talks about this in his first letter, starting in chapter two. He says, do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of God in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasures, a craving for everything we see and a pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God's will lives forever, or sorry, anyone who pleases God will live forever. Your perspective changes when you realize that the vast majority of the things that you desire in life are only temporary. They're only fading. They're just mortal, just like you are. Wealth is fleeting, fame is temporary, success is hard earned and easily lost. Work hard your whole life, and what do you get? A bigger tombstone to mark your grave? Never be content with this life until this life becomes eternal life. Just after this clip, Puss successfully fights the giant that he has awakened. It's a really cool scene. But while starting an encore performance of the song, The Legend Will Never Die, he's crushed by the town bell. Key character killed in the first few minutes of the movie, much like Thanos in Endgame, but we don't need a multiverse to bring Puss back because he is a cat and cats have nine lives. So he wakes up in the office of the village doctor, who's also the barber, veterinarian, dentist, and witch finder. And he, and he informs Puss the fact that he has died his eighth life. And so if you have difficulty with math, that's all right. I'm pretty good at math. Uh, nine minus eight is one. He's on his last life. And so the doctor asks him if there is anyone he can turn to in this hour of need, someone who's close that he can rely on. Puss says, well, everyone loves Puss in Boots. 
but he's not close enough to anyone to ask for help. So the doctor suggests retiring to Mama Luna's because she would love to have another lap cat. And that's where this clip picks up. I am Puss in Boots. I am no one's lap cat. That doctor is a quack and a crazy man. You should stick to cutting hair. Last calls and your boots. Another glass of cream. Make it your heaviest. Oh, I keep the heavy stuff in the back. <laughs> retire. You are too good looking to retire. Well, well, if it isn't Puss in Boots himself. <laughs> in the flesh. Uh, hey. There's the famous hat, the feather, and of course, the boots. My compliments to your cobbler. <laughs> <clears throat> Thanks. Uh, good to meet you, too. Hey. I never do this, but can I get your autograph? Been following you for a long time. Sign right there. <laughs> Pussy boots laps in the face of death. Bounty hunter. So I've heard. You will find your reward does not come easily. This I tell you. Everyone thinks they'll be the one to defeat me. But no one's escaped me yet. Uh, all right, let's get it over with. Fear me if you dare. Okay, no more messing around. Huh. Huh. Slow, huh. sloppy, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the smell of fear. What's the matter? Lives flashing before your eyes? Pick it up.
corre, corre, gatito. So after Puss is faced with his own mortality, he decides to run. He buries the hero that he once was. He joins the family of Mama Luna, where he gets the name Pickles. And he lives the life of an ordinary, boring cat. When we really consider the end of life, that, it, that it's certain the end of life is certain, and that every moment it draws nearer, it's easily to fall into something along the lines of nihilism. The philosophy that says there is no inherent meaning or purpose or value that we can find in life. When you exclude the possibility of God or any transcendent power over reality, as much of our society already has, you're left with cold, uncaring universe. If we're all going to die and everything we work for will rot into dust, why not just accept our fate? Why not just go with the flow of life and wherever the current takes us? <clears throat> this is kind of dark for a kid's movie, but it, it spells it out. And Puss does meet a friend during this time, but he's resigned himself to just wait out his life until he dies. We see a very similar character in the person of, of King Solomon in the Bible. As David's successor, successor um, he inherited the kingdom of Israel. He was wealthy. He was liked. He had wisdom, obviously. We call him wise King Solomon. He had many wives. If anyone had fame and fortune, it was King Solomon. But later on in life, he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. Check out how he starts this book out. Everything is meaningless, says the teacher, completely meaningless. What do people get for all their hard work under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth never changes. The sun rises and the sun sets, then hurries around to rise again. The wind blows south and then turns north. Around and around it goes, blowing in circles. Rivers run into the sea, but the sea is never full. Then the water returns again to the rivers and flows out again to the sea. Everything is wearisome beyond description. No matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we are not content. History merely repeats itself. It has all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. Sometimes people say, here is something new, but actually it is old. Nothing is ever truly new. We don't remember, sorry, we don't remember what happened in the past and in future generations, no one will remember what we are doing now. It's a crazy way to start a book. <laughs> Under the sun is used in Ecclesiastes over 20 times, and it conjures up this idea of the physical realm, the realm without God. The realm without God is meaningless. That word there is difficult to translate from Hebrew, but maybe it'd be better to say life is a vapor, life is smoke. It's here for a moment and then poof, it's gone. 
how hopeless and meaningless life becomes. So never be content with this life until this life becomes eternal life. While Puss is exiting the house, uh, sorry, while Puss is existing in the house of Mama Luna, Goldilocks and the three bears come looking for him. Now, Goldilocks and the three bears are a crime family, and Puss in Boots thinks they're after his bounty, but they're really after him to hire him for a job stealing something very valuable. Check this out. This one is a ginger. Is that a joke? You think this scruffy geriatric bag of bones looks like a legend? This is definitely not. Puss in Boots! I found him! Puss in Boots. Dead and buried. Dead? No, 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 he can't be. Yep, the nose never lies. Well, that's that then. What shade we go and hibernate? No! The map is being delivered tonight and we have one chance to steal it. Without it, we'll never find oh. the wishing star. The wishing star? It does exist. That star has one wish to grant. One wish? Think of what that could mean for us. Nine lives. Yes. Well, I don't see why we needed to hire Puss in Boots in the first place. Uh, because nobody steals from Big Jack Horner. No, not Jack Horner. Don't worry, love. We'll get that wish somehow. Thank you, Mama. Yeah, because I've got a plan. I can nick a map as good as any old cat. <laughs> You've got a plan. What? I'm smart, ain't I? Ain't I, Papa? No. You ain't well fixed for brains. Probing Big Jack Horner. Very risky. But that wish could get me my life's back. And my life back. Goodbye, pickles. Oh no, pickles, you're leaving? Perro, start digging. Okay. But if this puss in boots is such a big deal, maybe we shouldn't be desecrating his grave. I don't think he will mind. Because he is me! Uh, normally, I have a sword. It's like a whole thing, you know? Pickles, you're pussy boots? Not yet, but I will be. I'll come I'll come with you! Sorry, Pedro. Pussy boots walks alone! Pussy boots works alone. So often, the gospel is presented as Jesus died so that when you die... You can come back to life and have more of this life again. This is especially enticing for someone living in a place like America. We have everything pretty well off. You mean to tell me that I can keep on living even after I die? This is such a small-minded perspective. Puss sees an opportunity to have any wish granted. And what does he want? To get his nine lives back. I was talking about this movie with my oldest child, Maisie, and, and uh, it was just yesterday, she was talking about how silly of a wish that is. And I said, really, what would you wish for? And she said, well, first off, I'd wish for infinite wishes. I guess wishing stars don't have the same rules as genies do. But I said, what if you can't do? She said, well, I'd wish for, for four wishes. And I said, what are those? Oh, sorry, three wishes. She said, I would wish for infinite money. I would wish for everything. And I would wish for infinite lives. <laughs> So she saw right through the issue that Puss in Boots is, is having. As Christians, our hope of heaven after we die can, can still take the form of me, 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 mine, mine, mine. 
We disregard those around us. We don't wanna get dirty. We just wanna wait it out, right? Because the, the goal of being a Christian is that life after death. Lives lived just good enough for the prize at the end. We sit in church or we watch online giving just enough, but not too much to get that map for our wishing star. We tithe 10% of our heart, not realizing that any part of our life that isn't given to God remains dead. Let me say that again. Any part of our life that isn't given to God remains dead. Never be content with this life until this life becomes eternal life. So I think I'm gonna, to save time, I'm gonna skip the last clip because we're running a little bit late. Um, but the adventurers make it to the wishing star. The, the, after much arguing, the, the map falls at the foot of Boots. He gets the opportunity to wish his last wish and the wolf, death, catches up with him. And in that moment, Puss sees his life and the friends that he has and how close that they've become. And he's decided to cherish the life that he has and fight death until the end. And that becomes something that just bores death to death. So he kind of gives up and reminds Boots, I will see you again one day. So it'd be easy for me to preach a sermon on contentment finding contentment in this life. That's what Puss, Puss finds in the end, to continue to fight for and appreciate his last life, the one life that he has until one day death comes for him. But that isn't the message that I'm going to bring today. We find discontentment in this life. We're discontent in the relationships that we have. We're discontent with our health, we're discontent with our finances, discontent with our job or our school. We could just decide to find joy in this one life that we have, but this is a very under the sun mentality. God doesn't want you to be happy with this life that you're living. He wants to give you a new abundant life. Sorry, never be content in this life until this life becomes eternal life. Imagine a caterpillar, if you guys will, spends its entire life crawling on the ground or on one limb of a tree, limited in its movement and perspective, just eating leaves. It has never known anything else and accepts that existence as the only reality. But inside this caterpillar, lies the potential for a remarkable transformation. One day, the caterpillar spins a cocoon, completely enclosing its old life. Inside the cocoon, a miraculous process begins. The caterpillar undergoes a profound metamorphosis. It's a big word, metamorphosis. Breaking down its old form, and emerging as a beautiful butterfly. As the butterfly spreads its wings, 
for the first time, it experiences a whole new way of life. It doesn't come out content, finding a new contentment with sitting on its twig. It doesn't come out finding a new contentment munching on its leaf. It soars through the air. It tastes the sweet nectar of flowers and enjoys the freedom and beauty of the world around it. It is a complete transformation from its previous limited existence. In a similar way, the eternal life that Jesus speaks of in John 3:16, you guys have heard me speak of this before, is not merely a distant future heaven. That's not the eternal life he was talking about. It's an invitation to experience a new empowered life that starts today. It's a transformation of our present existence where we move from a life that's defined by sin and brokenness and separation from God into a life of restoration, a life of forgiveness and deep connection with our Father in heaven. Through faith in Jesus Christ, we enter into a spiritual cocoon where the old self within us dies. We're empowered by the Holy Spirit who comes in to dwell inside of us, guiding us, transforming us, and equipping us to live a life that reflects the character of Christ. Just as the butterfly embraces its new life, with joy and freedom, we're called to embrace our new life in Christ. We're empowered to love unconditionally, to give of our finances and time extravagantly, to extend forgiveness, to serve selflessly, and to bring hope to those around us. It's a life marked by transformed priorities, renewed mind, a deep sense of purpose and meaning. Never be content with this life until this life becomes eternal life. Just think for a moment, is it possible that the area of your life that you're most, sorry, the area of your life that you aren't content with might be areas that you haven't given to Christ yet? Just think about that for a second. The areas of your life that you aren't content with are areas that you haven't given over to Christ areas that we're still holding on to and trying to keep alive, wishing for one more life when Christ is offering a new abundant life, if we'll just give it to him. Think about the area of your life that you have given most completely to Christ. For me, I feel that on Sunday mornings during corporate worship. The area of my life that I've just completely given over to God, it's where I feel the closest to my creator. Now, could you imagine leaving here and feeling that this week? Feeling that at work, feeling that in your marriage, feeling that feeling in your finances, just walking around the golf course, feeling that new abundant life at the gym, in your interactions, Never be content with this life until this life becomes eternal life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the example that you've given us of your son who came down from glory and took on humanity 
to set an example of what it looks like to walk with the Father. And we pray, Father, that we don't hold on to this mortal, temporary, fading life and the desires that we feel in it, but that we give those to you. Take our life, our tattered rag, and give us new clothing, abundant life that pours over into those around us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys stand up, let's sing together this morning.